let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and we're back in your ears once again. The beer is in the glass, and we're ready to go, aren't we, Martin? Yeah, we are ready to go, and um, I'm going to say what I've got to drink, Steve. I've got a beer from Yellow Belly in Ireland, and it's the Pirate Bay Session IPA. What have you got? I turned on a Yellow Belly beer um, because uh, Danny from Yellow Belly got in touch and, and said, would well, we like some beers um, to try for the show? Uh, and having tried certainly the one that I'm drinking now before uh, and having heard our good friends Wayne and Janice uh, speak very, very highly of Yellow Belly beer, um, I snapped up the offer um of of giving us some beers to try um but there's a reason why why they wanted us to to feature some beers which we'll come on to in a second let's go back to the beer first of all i've got uh well i think this is kind of one of their core classics it's simply called citra parallel and it's it's an american parallel 4.8 percent uh and i'm really looking forward to diving into it mate cheers mate cheers the session ipa has caught me out a little bit it's got it's quite a floral flavor Less, not so floral on the nose, but more floral on the actual palate. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that just because I wasn't getting as much off the nose and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's it's very soft mouthfeel as well. Um, no great bitterness, just a little bit of dryness at the end. Um, but it's a 440 can, so I've got quite a bit to go through. So we'll see how that develops as well. Um, it, it's really light, isn't it? It's I, yeah. when, when I tried that one, I found it to be like really light and really, really easy to drink. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I've got that feeling already. But like I said, I just the um, powerful floral uh, flavour, which didn't have the aroma, first of all, has just caught me out a little bit. But I was just going to say, you're the one you're having now. That's definitely the one that I've heard Wayne bang on about before on, on his show and on Twitter as well. And I think probably in person when we've seen him. Um, and I have to admit, I think, that's, I think the Yellow Belly Citra is glorious. Oh, it's, it's fantastic, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, it's punchy. There's 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 some really punchy citrus notes in it, um, and it it gives way to a really balanced bitter finish as 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 well. But it's enough bitterness to make you want to go back in again. Yeah, and uh, I've already had one of the cans from you know the very kind care package that they sent to us, and it didn't last long. That one did not last long. I think I had it on a a fairly warm day as well, and ten or fifteen minutes. It's it is very pintable pints are achievable on that one very much so I'm, I'm really looking forward to enjoying um this one tonight now as as i said uh in in the introduction danny did send these beers over to us uh and there was a reason for for, for that and that's because um yellow belly are now distributing their beers from within the uk so um, basically what they've got, they've got a warehouse in the UK. They're bringing the beers over from, from Ireland. They're storing the beers in the warehouse and then they're distributing straight to the UK from market from UK soil, it, it, essentially. Um, they are distributing out through um, third party distributors and going into bottle shops as well. But you can actually buy their beers direct from the website as, as a customer now as as well uh and have fresh yellow belly beer delivered direct to your door okay i mean that's quite an expansion for them i imagine yeah yeah so it's always a commitment as well isn't it actually taking on warehouse space in the uk um because that, that'll come with sort of rental as well won't it well especially now 
uh, you know, post post Brexit and stuff. Uh, so that's that's an interesting move. I mean, I'm I'm pleased um, because I've always been a little bit envious. This is one of the, this is definitely one of the Irish breweries that I do look look on with a bit of envy when the pictures are posted. Yeah. So I wish I could get hold of a couple of those a bit more often, and obviously including the Citra. So, but it's definitely a commitment on their part, both you know, especially the financial side of it, I'd imagine. So it'd be interesting to see how that takes off. And they're not the only people doing that recently, are they? We, you know, there's been quite a few people doing that. So it's, a, it's an interesting step up for people to really be committing to the UK beer market. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's, it's not like... It's, it's not like the UK beer market is short of a, of a few breweries either, is it? I mean, there's there's lots of breweries competing for the space at the moment. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Yellow Belly are obviously very very confident in their product that it it will do it will do well over here. Uh, and there's no reason why they shouldn't be confident. It is just finding you know finding the shelf space and stuff. I mean, the cans are very distinctive. The four forty cans, the artwork on the cans certainly is very distinctive. There is a bit of a is there a bit of a theme? They all seem very similar they same person there, there, there is there, there's a bit of a story to it actually so um every every can gets individual artistic treatment um by their creative director paul Reck. and and basically what he does is he creates a, a story around the beer and puts it on the can but that's part of what they call their expanding yellow belly universe, which is, which is through a comic book series that they actually design as well. So these characters appear in the comic books that, that, uh, that they've designed and they also appear on, on, on their cans. And, and I think as a result, what you get is some absolutely striking artwork, don't you? But even though the artwork is obviously a different picture with a different character for a different story, they all are very yellow belly. Yes. I think yeah. it's very distinctive that as a creative director, uh, you know, presumably the Kevin Feige of the yellow <laughs> belly universe, um, that, that they're, they're on brand, on theme, on message with all of those designs. And they use the, they literally use all of the can, don't they? Yes. As well. Yeah. So I, I think they've got a good chance of, um, or doing well. Um, be interesting to see what we think of the rest of the beers. I mean, the one that I'm having now, definitely getting a bit of pineapple mango coming through. That floral flavour. I'm definitely getting that those kind of notes from it now. Um, very distinctive, but not unpleasant and not off-putting and not too sweet. So the session side of it works. But as, as I say, if, if our listeners do want to give these a go, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to uh, where you can buy them, direct from Yellow Belly. Uh, and, and Danny tells us for the next couple of weeks, there's uh, free postage and packing as, as well. So um, if you do want to do want to try some of their beers, uh, I'd say snap them up now while you can get the free postage. Well, while we're enjoying uh, these first two beers, once again, it's the fabulous return of Beery Adventures. We can actually talk about what we've been doing um rather than what we've been drinking so so, so martin where where have you been mate in the last couple of weeks well i think when we last recorded steve uh was the first day of uh hospitality being able to open outside i think we both referenced our first pints um i've been out to the pub twice since then or pub so went to the leon c taproom uh which is not that far from me walking distance there and fortunately lived home, as it turned out. Um, it was lovely to be back. Uh, Leon C beers, I've just, I think they're just actually really good. I don't think they churn out a bad beer, personally. 
Um, lucky enough that, you know, our good friend and, you know, friend of the show, Matt Chenery, half pint gin now works there. But everybody who works there is really friendly. The, the, what they put out is really nice. What they've done with their industrial estate uh, outside space, really good. You know, they've ticked as many boxes as possible to give a bit of shelter where required. Um, they've got some plans for when people can start going indoors again, you know, from mid-May if that all happens. And I had just some cracking cast beers and then some lovely beers on keg. And it was nice. It just got cold. You know, I was there till uh, eight o'clock. And by the time I got home, I was only ready for one drink and one drink only, tea. <laughs> I was just I was just frozen. You know, it wasn't even a particularly cold day. It was sunny. When the sun was out, it was nice. But it's an industrial estate. There's always a bit of a draft or a breeze somewhere. And you're sitting still most of the time, aren't you? It's yeah. not like you're doing anything active. So even if they'd been open later, I reckon I probably would have hit my mark by the eight o'clock anyway, because the sun had gone down. It had got a bit cooler. I'd had I'd had a decent uh, wade through their their tap beers. Um, had a good catch up with people, so I was pretty much done. And that's probably the one thing about you know, and you can't expect heaters all over the place. I mean, economically and environmentally, they're not exactly the best a lot of the time. Um, so I was ready to go, but it was it was really nice to be back. I really did enjoy the beers. Um, and then just the other brief visit, uh, and you may touch upon this venue as well. Uh, Ale House Chelmsford uh, popped in there for a couple of hours. It's not a, it's not a place where you're taking bookings. I actually, should have said that. It's the same for Leon C. It's very much a first come, first served. Um, so my mantra for those kind of places is: if I can get there early, that'll be what I'll be doing and leaving early. Ale House, I've sort of tied in with other people's timings. Um, and as it turned out, there wasn't anywhere free, first of all. But then we did manage to get a table. And this is when the whole rule of six thing can is a little bit contradictory because they only had, and this is, a, I'm, not, I'm not saying this is a criticism on the venue or other venues, but they had the traditional table and benches attached that you see in so many pub gardens across the UK. They're a bit like sitting on greater Anglia seats on the train for free adult males you have to be fairly close to sit free abreast. It's a squeeze, isn't it? Yeah. And that really doesn't promote social distancing in any shape or form. So we, Michelle and I, because Michelle drove, uh, was driving us home because she was working in the evening. We said, do you mind if we go and get a couple of chairs so we're actually not sitting on top of each other? And I think they first thought we were trying to add numbers to the six. But we just said, well, no, because, you know, none of us are necessary. You know, there's a few of us here that aren't slim gyms. And we are going to be sitting on top of each other, which really isn't the plan. Um, and even in normal times, I don't want to sit that close to people. So, you know, that, that hasn't really changed. Um, so I have to admit, there's a few times where I saw that people were almost forced to sit closer than perhaps our guidance tells us to, even though we're outside, because of the space, not necessarily the spaces between, but the way the benches are set out. It's really a four-person table in all honesty, most of those ones. So, but, you know, table service was good. Um, I don't think we've nailed it in most of the places I've been to, um, uh, be, both before and after this this last lockdown. I think some places have adapted to it really well. I think some certain people have adapted to it really well. Um, I think it's just going to take time for people to get used to it, both us as customers 
and uh, the people who work in the venues as well. But what I will say is that, again, the Ale House, they know how to look after their cask. I didn't look at the beer menu. I just said, I assume you've got Oakham Citra on. They said, yes. I said, okay, I'll have a pint of that, please. And it went from there. Um, so, yeah, it was it was good to be back. But sitting outside, whether I have a choice or not, isn't always what I want to do. Um, so I will welcome the opportunity in the hopefully not too distant future where I can choose to be outside or go inside. So those are the two places I've been to, Steve. What about yourself? Well, um, b- before I go into where I've been, I'm just I'm going to pick up on a couple of your points there. So, so firstly, I, I 100% agree with the wanting to be able to have the option to go inside uh, again. I, I, I spent um, this weekend... Uh, in in a couple of places and I was absolutely freezing mate and it it, it got to the point where it was just uncomfortable and and you you can feel your enjoyment almost sapping out of you the colder Mm -hmm. you're getting and I think it's it's ironic isn't it that we're we're here at the end of April um, and it's still actually quite cold in the UK Um, but a year ago when we were locked down at the, the end of April, yeah. the weather was, it was scorching, wasn't it? It was like, you, you know, it was so hot out. And I just feel like we're being mocked by mother nature. <laughs> Been trolled. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but th- that's, that's been a real downside for me is, is, is the being cold outside. Um, I mean, yesterday, Em and I went to, to, to a couple of places in Colchester. We went to, went to Three Wise Monkeys first and, and and we sat outside there um and just where that's based it gets no sun and no. it's it's also in kind of like a wind corridor and and literally we sat there for we, we managed about an hour and a half in the end and i said look i've got to go somewhere and buy some more clothes i'm i'm so cold what i'm wearing isn't enough so i, I had to go and buy a jumper and a hat to keep myself warm um before we went on on to the next place and it it's it, it really is sapping the enjoyment out of sitting outside a pub. It's, I think it saps the energy as well. Um, I'm surprised that the Three Wise Monkeys reopened, considering their limited outdoor space. <laughs> yeah, um, they've got about... They've maybe got about 10 tables outside on the pavement um, within what would be allowed to be considered as theirs. Yeah. And then they've got a little yard area as well it's got two bigger tables in it which i'm assuming that they use exclusively for group bookings yeah uh, yeah they that they can't be that there can't be a lot of covers that that, that they're taking because most no. of those tables are, were tables for two as as well because that's i mean the it, for a lot of people they won't know what we're talking about but it's on the high street in colchester on a corner and it's three floors normally yeah so it can it can normally pack in quite a few people and we've been there, and I've been there when it is pretty busy, and there's loads of it is a big space inside. So having to have a lot of that up and running just to serve a, a limited amount of people outside, I was surprised when I saw you check in from there. I have to admit, yeah, and they they, they seem to be doing a mixture of uh, bookings and wall cups. So um, for the time that we were there, uh, all the tables were actually full. Uh, and, and the minute someone left, it was it was very quickly taken. So so they were they were getting through the the, the numbers. They they were having no trouble getting through the numbers. Um, you've got to turn over a lot of numbers though. I, I would have thought to be able to be making any decent amount of money. 
Yeah, maybe it's that argument about being relevant uh, and being on people's minds so that when things open up more and more, they've already got the free wise monkeys in their head and stuff. So where yeah. did you go after that anyway? We went to Queen Street Brewhouse, which is um, kind of well known in Colchester for doing a decent range of Belgian beer. Um, so uh, and, and they've utilised uh, kind of an alley down the side of the pub and a very, very small garden uh, out. Well, let's say garden, a yard out the back um, for their outdoor area. Again, probably no more than 10 tables um, around. But Queen the, Street Brewhouse yeah. is a lot smaller inside so they, they have oh, a lot it's of tiny. It's, it's tiny inside yeah that's probably the almost the capacity again anyway yes yeah um interestingly that they yesterday was their first day of of, of reopening again they were busy um most of the tables were were, were booked uh we had reserved a table via messenger on facebook yet when we turned up there wasn't a table for us they so it was like well but we've reserved <laughs> and they were like, well, we don't have a table. They've all gone. So, but you know, you can forgive them for that being sort of like maybe opening day, getting used to a new system sort of thing. Um, the, the one thing I, I, I did observe yesterday was it was a group sat next to us. And, and, and again, it's just, it's just the sort of behavior you just wish people wouldn't be doing at the moment. So when we got there, there was already six of them. They, they, they obviously knew the guy that ran the place. Um, and, and those six of them had already combined three tables together to make the six of them around three tables. Uh, and there was a point where the, 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 the landlord walked past and they said, oh, can we, um, can we get another, another couple of chairs, please? Because we've got another couple of people joining us. And he looked at them and he was like, no. And they were like, why not? And he was like, because there's already six of you. And I was like, yeah, but we're outside. And he was like, no, there's already six of you. And, and then he, he left and, and they got up and went and found chairs anyway. And, and, and then I was like, oh, we'll, we'll just put another table on the end there and then they won't be sat with us. And I, and I was just like, that's, that's not right. That's, don't do that because if the, 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 by all accounts, Colchester Borough Council are very, very hot with their um, COVID inspectors going round to licensed venues to make sure they're following the rules. If one of those inspectors turns up and decides that they're breaking the rules and they, that they're going to close them down, that's down to people like that who are then going to moan that they can't go and drink there because it's been closed, but yet it was their fault. We're, we're, we're a selfish nation yeah. these days. Um, and we may, we're probably not unique in that, but that would annoy the hell out of me as well. It's like all the stuff we saw over the weekend where people were making multiple bookings but there was a quite a bit of a, I think there was one from Marble Taproom. Um, and that just oh, sounded that like... was shocking, yeah. Well, that's disgusting behaviour anyway, full stop. At the moment, when people are literally scraping to make a living out of these venues, and other people just want to go to them to have an enjoyable drink with a couple of friends, perhaps, that they haven't seen for ages. And you've got people just deliberately... I mean, it's not... It's not people not knowing. It's deliberately deciding that it's not for them. Either look at me, I'm vaxxed up, we're outside. Whatever reason or excuse they want to come up with, just follow the fucking rules for a bit longer. And also, just don't be a dick anytime. Yeah. Exactly. You want to carry on drinking in these places, then treat them with respect. 
yeah um but yeah I don't, I don't understand why people just can't go with it we're getting there I don't I don't want that to sound like it was it was all ne- negative because apart from being cold we did have a lovely time in 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 the Queen Street brew house uh M really enjoys her Belgian beers so she was really in, in, enjoying some of the stuff that they have on draft there as as, as well which is you, you know it's quite quite a nice treat when you can find some draft mm-hmm. Belgian oh yeah it's you know it is a lovely little spot um and yes, it's good that you're 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 saying that you know that was one part of the experience. There was other there was multiple facets to your experience. Yeah, and then as as you mentioned, I uh, did also have a, a brief visit to to the Owl House today. Um, and actually, in, in in the return of another segment. So opinions on wheels is is back because I actually uh actually rode to the Owl House to, today because I was um since since I've been riding uh a, a chap that I used to work with has, has has also been doing quite a lot of riding he lives over Billericay Way and he's been saying for a while oh we should meet in the middle at, at the in Chelmsford and and have a pint so uh today was was that day he rode from Billericay I rode from Whitham both of us did about ten miles into Chelmsford so it was actually quite evenly matched uh and and then we just um just sat in the sun this afternoon a couple of pints much like yourself a pint of oakum citra and then I followed that up with a with a kernel palau um and then I and then I rode back again and and I've got to say the ride back was maybe a little bit slower and a little bit tougher than than the ride there to today um and it wasn't solely to do with the fact that I was riding into the wind as, as, as well <laughs> Well, you've done a lot of cycling over the last year, but I doubt there's been many times you've um, had a beer. I think only once prior to today, and then that was only that was only the one pint while I was on a ride. Um, but this was this was a ride with the sole purpose of having a beer uh, yeah. at the end of it. I have still been cranking out the the, the miles uh, over the last year, and I think I'm I'm actually approaching almost 3000 miles now since since I started riding and for those of you that haven't um yet seen it I am doing a ride for charity as as well so uh, prostate cancer uk are running a thing in may called ride the month which uh challenges you to ride 100 miles over the course of a month now um that is actually a bit easy for for me and 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 the miles that I'm doing at, at the moment I could actually do that in three or four rides so I didn't really think it was too much of a challenge so I thought why not make it harder for myself so what what I've decided to do is actually to do the 100 miles over a weekend so uh, I'm going to choose a single Friday Saturday Sunday in 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 May not the the, the summer sesh weekend because that would just be foolish Um, but I'm going to going to choose a weekend and basically uh, Colin and I are going to try and do the the 100 miles over three three rides and much the same as I did last summer I might do a few little video clips on on, on Twitter and that sort of thing so you can follow my progress um, but I did just want to say to to, to people um, if, if you do have a few pennies to spare there's a link in the show notes to, to where you can donate to to the calls uh, and, and sponsor me to to ride those 100 miles over over the weekend so uh, thank you very much in advance for anybody that does contribute. Yeah no I think it's an excellent idea Steve and I, I agree with you I think trying to for you 
you needed to make it more of a challenge than what was originally set out. And with that, let's have a look at this week's news. So quite a bit to get through again this week. And again, first up in the news is us um, talking about the Opinions and Friends Summer Sesh Weekender, which is taking place from Friday the 7th to Sunday the 9th of May. Um, again, there will be links in the show notes to where you can book the various sessions. We're not going to go through them all again this, this week because we did that in the last show. Uh, but if you haven't booked your space yet and you've forgotten what the password is, it's swimwear. Um, just click on the links in the show notes to book your spaces. However, uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to make a few changes to some of the sessions. Um, numbers have been quite low across the board in terms of booking, but I think that's just because people are getting back to life, really, and they're going out again and enjoying being out again and maybe don't necessarily want to be drinking in front of a computer screen. Um, so what we've decided to do is, firstly, to unfortunately cancel the uh, shit quiz, which was due to be with men behaving badly on the Saturday afternoon. So if you have booked for that, we're really sorry, but we're, we're going to cancel that because the numbers just aren't enough to make it as interactive as, as it needs to be. Um, and then across the course of the three sessions on Saturday evening, numbers are quite low across all three sessions. So what we've decided to do is basically just merge them all into one and just run one session starting at six o'clock. If you've already booked on one of the three sessions, you've got your space for the evening. You are welcome to come and go as you please dur during the evening. So you can join us at six and leave at eight. You can join us at eight and leave at 10, or you can join us at six and stay right through until the end of the evening. It's up to you. Um, but if you do want to book on the Saturday evening single session, as it will be now, Again, there is a link in the show notes that you can book onto that um, and you can join us for the Saturday evening. Now, that Saturday evening is when you and I, Martin, are going to drink our way through the uh, Two Brews event box, isn't it? Yep, looking forward to that. And um, I think between now and then, we're going to try and come up with some sort of order and timing for that, aren't we, Steve? Um, which will give us an opportunity because we would have been drinking earlier in the day with the, uh, the Brew York uh, tasting as well but so it gives us something to stick to which I think is quite a good idea um, but and then we'll, we'll let people know what we're doing when we're doing it so if anyone does want to join us not necessarily for all six because you may not be joining for the full full evening but you can at least maybe come in at certain points where you know we're, we're going to be having those beers so we'll flag that up yeah, a couple of days before you will get the automated email from Eventbrite telling you what all the login details are for the various sessions. But for the Saturday evening one, we will put a running order for, for the beers as well and approximate times, as Martin says, when we'll be drinking them. Um, if you haven't yet got your event box from Tubru, uh, you would have seen the pictures that we've been posting of it now. It's quite a decent selection of beers and different styles as well. So I think we've got, there's a lager, there's a bitter, there's a double West Coast IPA, there's a New England IPA, there's a No Coast IPA, and then there's a ridiculous 10% Imperial Stout to finish with. You can get all of those beers for 30 quid um, plus delivery. There are still a few boxes left. There's a link in the show notes again to where you can get that as well. And we will just say that um, Paul has asked us to let you know that the date for last orders is Tuesday the 4th of May to guarantee delivery for the weekend. So if you haven't got your box let yet, what are you waiting for? Get it ordered before the 4th of May and then you can join us drinking those wonderful beers. 
Yeah, it looks like a good selection. I saw you post the picture, Steve. So again, looking looking forward to those. It'll it'd be nice to have it without me and you having to think about the beers either. Yeah, and just we can just sit back and enjoy them. Yeah, looking forward to that. I'm still looking forward to the weekend. I mean, I don't think it's a surprise that a few of the numbers are down. Uh, next up on the news, um, literally the day after we recorded the last show. Of course. <laughs> as as always. And also, I think, as uh, the day after you and I had had a discussion about future content ideas, and one of the phrases we said was, I don't think we need to cover supermarkets again. We've, we've done that. Um, there was then a whole load of supermarket releases, which kind of really, really shook the industry a little bit because of who it was that was releasing beers in into supermarkets, didn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think anyone can be, be surprised that what we're talking about here is uh, cloud water. And, you know, they actually effectively dropped two lots of releases yes. at the same time yeah. so obviously they had their collaboration box for uh, breweries for from underrepresented groups and that was your four 440s in a pack 10 pound exclusive to tesco however at the same time they also said that they were going to drop four beers as single cans fairly much a core range you know IPA, Pale Ale, Session, a DDH Pale, at the same time into uh, Cloudwater, uh, from Cloudwater into, into Tesco. So that's eight new beers. Um, and also the bit about they're not brewing them themselves. They've contract brewed them with BrewDog. Yeah. So there was a, there was a lot. <laughs> there was a lot, a lot happened to, there, wasn't there? Yeah. There's a lot to unpick, for want of a better phrase. Um and yet there was plenty of uh, commentary uh, from various parties and stuff. Now, I did read an interesting blog from a bottle shop, and actually I do apologise, I can't remember where it was. And their main point, and actually I thought it was actually a very good point, and it was actually a very eloquent piece, was that the expectation of the average consumer for price point is altered by the beers being in supermarkets. Uh and I got thinking about that and I thought, actually, there is a point there because I know that my, my dad, definitely, his price point for beers is very much skewed by his Weatherspoons experience in Milton Keynes. So literally anywhere else we go is automatically more expensive and sometimes more expensive for exactly the same product. Um, so I actually thought that was a really good way of framing the argument against it. Um, however... There was plenty of people who were saying, yeah, but it brings good beer to the masses, if that's your bag. All I would say is, for me, I would have I would have preferred a little bit more variety in the Cloudwater beers that landed. The four core beers, three, three out of four, I rated pretty well. Uh, if we talk about Untapped that we've mentioned before, they got a decent rating on there. But they weren't beers I could have time and time again, one after the other. It was hazy, fruity, low bitterness, a little bit of piffy dryness. And it was pretty similar across the beers. The DDH was my least favourite, personally. Uh, agreed. Same same here. I uh, 
I, I didn't enjoy that one as maybe much as I enjoyed the, the, the other ones. I think from, from that from that core range, the, the one that really shone for me was the um was, was the straight up parallel, which came in at about I think it was the lowest ABV of the lot as well. It was about three point eight. I, I agree, and I think the, the lightness of it was probably the bit that we probably both enjoyed. Yeah, that was that was stunning. That was really, really tasty. But then there wasn't an incremental step up in different beers. Um, and I didn't drink them all necessarily one after the other. Um, I would have found it hard to differentiate if I'd literally done all four in a one sitting. Um, from the collaboration beers, um, I think I probably enjoyed, again, they were all New England style beers. Again, I think they were all really well made. Um, and I noticed a few people said that they they, they saw the brew dog in them. Uh, I didn't get that at all. I don't, I don't see how you can say that. It's a cloud water recipe. It's cloud water yeast. It's it's ingredients that that, that make beer. Brew dog had nothing to do with the recipe there or the ingredients other than brewing them. Yeah, all of the beers were well made. Some of them were very nice they were all of, of the style it's just that the variety isn't there for me uh, so the chances of me returning to them in any quantity is slim to none having said that for a lot of people it gives access for customers to these beers and for the collaborative four pack it brings awareness of these breweries to the masses potentially well, it's, it's it's not just awareness as well because one of the one of the standout things about that collaborative four pack is neither Cloudwater or Brewdog are, are taking any of the profits from it, are they? Oh, uh, that's uh, true. They're, I they're, didn't mention that. Sorry, they're, they're splitting all of the profits between the four collaboration collaboration breweries that were involved in that pack, which I think is which I think is a bold move as as well because that is actually that they are kind of nailing their colours to the mast a little bit there, aren't they? And and saying, look, we completely believe in what we're doing with these breweries. We want to give them a platform that they've never had before. And this is our way of doing it. Yeah, and I I would argue they've achieved that. And I think the you know it's like anything. Things which have been said in the past by Cloudwater regarding non-cold chain and warm shelves and supermarkets did come back to bite a few times when this got released. Yes, absolutely. Um, so it, to me, I think it's all very well being so definite about things, but life changes, things move on. And what was definite a few years ago does change, but people remember these days. You know, so we've heard it quite a lot in the beer world where people have made statements and they have come back to bite. I've, I've got no doubt I'll pick up one or two of the beers every now and again, but it will be a limited for me because like I said I would have really liked it if they'd mixed up their core range a bit with something a bit more daring. Yeah, and, and, and that in itself is an interesting point as, as, as well, isn't it? Because as, as part of the press release, those, those four core range beers that have gone into Tesco have essentially replaced the Cloudwater core range that they mm. were working on. And Cloudwater are now going to replace that with something else. And I think a lot of people were saying they were quite disappointed by that because that, that core range that Cloudwater have been working on, they've been constantly, they've been doing what Cloudwater do really well, which is constantly evolving each of the beers on, on every brew, constantly taking making little changes to make it better and better and better. And 
they've, they've essentially said, no, we've, we've removed that and that those four beers are now only going to be available in Tesco. And, and I think that's where some some of the angst maybe came from as well, is because it, it was like certainly from the independent bottle shop sector. It was like, well, you, you've taken your core range away from us now and you actually haven't given us a replacement yet. Yeah. And, you know, what do you then say when someone comes in asking for cloud water? Um, who probably You're not going to send them to Tesco, are you? Well, you'd be daft to because then they're going to suddenly see a lot, a very wide range of beers at what they think is a very competitive price. Um, so, yes, that's a bit harsh. And another point by, I read in that blog is obviously, you know, Cloudwater over the last year or so have really upped their web shop game, especially with their imported US beers as well. So, as well as being able to buy your Cloudwater beers direct from the web shop, perhaps you're also spending the rest of your available income on some of the guest beers import or otherwise as well. There's a lot of dynamics which have really come out in the last year. Um, probably out of necessity. Um, I think Cloudwater were very clear that they wanted to keep their staff employed throughout as much as possible. Um, it's, it's hard to argue against that, but I can also see where the angst from independents who've been with them on this journey comes from as well. Yeah, but I, I suppose the one that the, the one positive is, is is that with all the beers being brewed at Brewdog, it means that none of Cloudwater's brewing capacity is being taken up by brewing these beers. So they do still have their existing capacity to continue to produce beers, which from their own brewery will be going direct to the independent sector to support them. For those ones that want to continue working with them. Yes. Yeah. And that may not be all of them now, because like I said, the, maybe the price point expectation changes in certain consumers' minds, rightly or wrongly. Yeah. Only time, only time will tell on, on that. Now, yeah, they, they weren't the only ones, were they, who dropped <laughs> beer into the supermarket? No, no. The day after, and this one really surprised me, um, the day after, Vault City uh, um, were announced as being two beers that they were going to be uh, selling in Tesco as, as, as well. Now, uh, Vault City, for people that haven't come across them, specialise in sour beers as, as, as well. So this is quite a, a, a move from Tesco to, to, to go with some very specialist beers on, on their shelves. Um, now, the day after that announcement was made, Vault City also then released a blog explaining their decision uh, around doing it and basically saying what they've done is they've produced these two beers specifically for Tesco at a lower price point as, as a way of um, kind of an entry point into the, the, the market with the intent that people can then discover their beers and then go to their independent bottle shops or direct to Vault City's website and, and, and buy more of their beers that are at a more realistic price point for, for, for what they do. It's a gamble though, isn't it? Going back to my earlier point about expectations, it's a bit like when companies, especially restaurants, like say Pizza Express, got a bit hooked on those deals, like two courses for 11 quid or something. People started gravitating when those deals were available. Um, people get used to offers and prices. And, you know, you may struggle to justify why you should seemingly buy a similar type of beer, maybe just a different fruit, or it's been matured a bit longer, slightly higher ABV, and the price is maybe twice or a bit more, plus postage 
And then you might be thinking, hmm, hold on a second, I might as well just get them from Tesco. And from Tesco point of view, it's a bit of an odd one because I haven't seen those style of beers flying off the shelf at Tesco. I've personally seen it or other people's pictures. I mean, I saw someone clearing the shelf of um, Goose Island Sophia recently. Yeah. And that had gone down to about two quid a bottle. And I actually think that's a really beautiful beer. Um, I also picked up some of the Overworks last year at a very good price in there and, I, and took a few of those. So, I mean, it's hard to know if if the market for those beers is quite in the supermarket arena yet, personally. Um, so so that's a more, I think that's actually a more interesting one than Cloudwater, perhaps. Um, uh, you know, I think Vault got a little less publicity because we'd already had Cloudwater the day before. Yeah. But it's an interesting idea. They do want to use it as a way of getting people to buy more of their beers elsewhere. Yeah, it's, it's like it's an entry point, isn't it? I, but the thing is, I don't, I don't think Vault City are going to struggle because, from from what I understand, they they release beers every Sunday, don't they? They release new beers every Sunday, and I think they pretty much always sell out very, very quickly on Vault City's website. They are a a, a popular brewery at the moment, well, shall we say? I think the few, I think the few I've had, I've been, I've enjoyed, and um, you know, good luck to them, and again, good luck to people including myself, who gets the chance to buy some of these beers just when we're doing our supermarket shop. It's not for everyone's taste, but, you know, as we've noted before, Steve, in certain parts of what, certain parts of Essex where we live, it's sometimes the best option for us, if not the only option. And at, at the end of the day, we, we, we need to remember, you know, we, we don't always know people's circumstances, so we shouldn't judge uh, people on where they buy their beer. Definitely not. Uh, if if the, comp- the breweries themselves aren't being forced to put them in there, then there shouldn't be an issue. Other new releases uh, this week from Signature Brew, who have bought out a new uh, India Power Lager, which is gluten-free, called Rewind. Um, I've not had an opportunity to try that yet, but you've you've tried it, haven't you? Yep, uh, it's my my pre-recording beer tonight, Steve, and um, I found it really nice. It was light, it was floral, clean, crisp. I think it's sort of what I've been coming to expect from quality beers from Signature Brew. Um, the gluten-free aspect, uh, without being told, I would have, I would have been none the wiser, um, to be honest. So, you know, if they've, ma- they've managed to make what I think is quite a cracking, uh, you know, floral yet very drinkable lager. Uh, and, you know, for anyone who's got any issues about gluten, it ticks those boxes as well. So I think you'll enjoy it when you have it, though. I'm looking forward to that one. And it is a big year for Signature Brew as well, isn't it? They're 10 years old this, yeah. this year. And they um they do seem to be constantly churning out new beers. So I'm quite excited, I think, to see what they might put, put out for their birthday celebrations later on in the year. And then finally on the news this week um, is the news that there is a craft beer festival coming to Essex. I didn't think I'd ever hear myself saying those words. Uh, so, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I misheard you. You just said there was a craft beer festival coming to Essex. Yes, um, Hops Farm uh, Craft Beer Festival will be taking place on Saturday, thirty first of July, twenty twenty one. It's in um, it's it's basically a farm in Manningtree. Uh, Manningtree is on the main ra- railway line. Uh, there's going to be a load of uh, breweries that are local to Essex, so from Essex and the surrounding counties as well. So the likes of Ampersand, Burnt Mill uh, are going to be involved. Leon C are going to be there as well, um, plus a whole host of um, guest beers um, from all of your favourites 
that, that you would expect to see at a festival. Um, for more information on that, you can head to hopsfarm.co.uk um, and that will give you all the ticket information. That link will be in the show notes. I mean, when we say Essex, it's about five feet away from Suffolk. Manningtree, yeah, it's right on the border, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but still, it counts. So, yes, a yeah. craft beer festival in Essex coming soon. Well, while we've been going through the beery adventures and the news, um, no surprise that my glass is empty. Um, yeah, so is mine, mate. <laughs> I have uh, thoroughly enjoyed that Citra Palau. Uh, it really does do what it says on the tin. It's it's full of Citra. You get uh, a lovely citrus bite to it, a little bit of pithiness, and, and then a, a beautifully balanced bit of finish. 4.8% delicious. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything you said about that beer, having had it recently. Um, and I think you said you really enjoyed the Session IPA, and I can see why. The only thing I would say is I could have probably had the pineapple and mango notes for I was getting toned down a little bit uh, for, the, for, for it to be truly sessionable. But having said all of that, it was a very tasty beer, very well made. Uh, I just prepped on that occasion. I probably would have preferred the 330 for that, whereas uh, your one... That's a 440. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into the second beer of the evening. What is the second beer that's going into your glass this evening, mate? Oh, Yellow Belly again. This is their unfiltered lager, Keller beer. And this comes in at 4.3%. Another 440 milliliter can. Some fantastic Viking type inspired artwork on this one. What have you got? I have got uh, a beer that from the um, selection that they sent us is the one that I've been most excited about trying. This is a red noir. It's a dark red owl. And the, um, the, the artwork on this can is just stunning. Yeah. And like I said, but it still, it still, it still screams yellow belly. Yes. Yeah. Even, even though I've got the two cans next to me right now, even though they're two very distinct designs, the, the the thing that that remains the same is 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 the banner that that says the name of the beer, um, the box that tells you the style, and then the branding at the bottom, and and that's consistent across all their beers. So actually, yeah, you could have a completely different picture, but that you because you, you've got your you, you've got your branding there at the bottom. Yeah, I think it works really well, and it, also the branding at the bottom is quite good because it just gives more space for the artwork, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. But enough of that chat. Yeah, I yeah. really want to get into this, but I am so excited. When I saw there was a, a red owl in there, I was like, oh, my word, look at that. I mean, it is it is so dark red, it's almost black. Um, right, I'm on, so please. excited. Cheers. Cheers. Right, yeah. come on in. Okay, first, I'm, I, I think maybe I've got this a little bit too cold, and I really wish I'd maybe taken it out to let it warm up a little. There's, there's some caramel toffee notes straight away in there. It's a little bit of chocolate. As, as as well um there's some dark fruits and and there's just it's really really smooth as well really easy to drink um it's got a lovely balanced finish to it again as 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 well uh slight sweetness on the finish uh subtle bitterness just just works really really well together i think you'll enjoy it even more as it starts to warm up in the glass as well um i think i took mine out only about 15 minutes before I wanted to have it when I had it about a week or so ago. And all of those notes, I just am up a little bit, amped up a little bit. So I think you'll enjoy that even more, Steve. You can um, smell the potential on it. Yeah. On, on got, the aroma. It's got a lovely aroma as well. I mean, yeah. it's a proper red ale. It's not just looking red. 
it's got what you want in it as well for that style. Um, the Keller beer, there's no surprises. It's soft, it's clean. It's a bit of breadiness, a bit of lemon on the nose. Um, a bit like the first, the session I picked, it's very soft. I don't know if this is a water profile thing that's helping this, but it's got a really, really soft mouthfeel to it. Um, it's a really gentle carbonation, so it's not like really fizzy, really gassy. Um, and although it's unfiltered, it is still fairly clear in the glass, what I've got anyway. So um, this one, I suspect, may not last as long as the first one. I, I really enjoyed that one. Um, and my tasting notes were, were pretty much exactly the same as what you just said there. That, that breadiness and it's got this kind of lemon citrus bite to it. Um, but yeah, the, the, the softness is something that, that's coming through on all of these beers. Yeah. So that, that can only be down to, to, to the, as you say, maybe the water profile. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that either Yellow Belly can tell us or, or, or somebody knows shit can tell us. Um, but across all the beers, that's definitely one of the overwhelming feelings I've had about that. And it's something I feel like I've become a bit more aware of noticing that kind of thing or looking out for it, how important it can be. And it, I think it makes a real difference as well. When, yeah. Once you find that sort of thing that you like, I think you know that you can return to it and really, really get something from it. So, yeah. We better crack on because my one won't last. And once your one starts to warm up, you're going to go through that, mate. I was going to say, I'm going to struggle to leave it in the glass long enough for it to, to, to warm up. <laughs> um, but while we're enjoying these, let's get in to this week's questions. Opinions, 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 opinions. Now, I say questions because we're actually going to cover off a trio of polls this evening um, because one isn't enough, obviously, for us to get our teeth into. Uh, but all three of these polls have got a bit of a same theme running around or through them. And, and, and that's as we get back to life that is as we kind of remember it, you know, we're beginning to be able to go out again, we're socialising with others. There are some, some other things that have kind of started to raise their head in, in, in terms of some of these questions. So we, we had a look back over um, some previous polls that we did, and, and, and these were, were three that we had run, um, but had never really covered. So we thought we'd put them all together into this one show and we'd cover off all three of them to, to, tonight. So um, I hope you, our listeners, don't mind that tough if you do because this is what you're going to get is is us talking about three three different polls so, so the first one uh, asked the question uh do you think table service in pubs and bars will become the norm now uh we had 771 votes for this uh 46.7 percent of people said yes 53.3 percent of people said no first up john moore at the beer idiot i'd like to think it will but it probably won't for every pub a few pubs and bars have probably invested in apps and other ways of ordering, so it makes sense to continue using them. But in the end, it will probably come down to the cost and benefit. Russ Clark at Gentleman of Beer. The other part to this, not much discussed, is that you will also spend more with good table service. If you're just checking in with a customer on the last third of their drink, your chances of selling another to sit in or take away go up. From Sean O'Reilly and Crulio. As others have said, some places will stick with it while others won't. Sitting or standing at the bar signals being more open to chatting to others. I had a great chat with a server and a local sitting at the bar of Den Turk in Ghent. So it does happen in Europe too. From Chicken Dipper at Graham Salander and also a similar comment from Rob L at Kyan's Your Forest. 
One of the things I'm looking forward to the least is the awful struggle to get served at the bar in a busy pub on a Friday night. I, I always hated it and now I'm quite happy to have my own space. I can't see myself doing it ever again. Table service would solve this problem. From Mark at Million Bevs, table service for tables and bar service for those sat at the bar. It would just be no standing about and mingling. Might be a way off, but I don't think the two approaches are mutually exclusive. Always enjoyed the mixed experience at US bars, depending on the venue. From Matt Surgeon at Matt Surgeon One, part of the joy and experience of a place such as the Sheffield Tap is wandering up and down the multitude of taps while deciding which beer you'll have. Ordering from a menu is not for me. From the old lady, I don't want it to, but suspect it might in some places, particularly chains. On the consummate bar flyers, I'd usually venture out alone, so it really detracts from what I look for in a visit to the pub. Uh, from Kate Blaschik, who I'm sure I've butchered your surname, Kate, so I do apologise for that. I've never, never known how to pronounce that. I don't mind the idea of table service, but in reality, there is a lot of time spent with an empty glass trying to catch the attention of the busy staff. From Sarah M at Malin Sarah. If you're in a pub with a huge range, it's a lot simpler to go to the bar when thirsty to see what's available. Maybe ask a question, get a taste, etc. None of that is simple at the table. Now, I think you and I have both been quite clear in the past, haven't we, on, on our views in terms of table service and, and, and whether we prefer it. I, I certainly do. I'm, I'm a fan. I quite like the table service and I do hate that scrum at, at the bar to try and get attention. Um, but rather than us go over our views on this again, obviously we've both recently experienced being back into pubs and, 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 and tap rooms. How have you found the table service maybe this time round as opposed to last summer? Has, has there been any difference in, in what you've seen? Uh, no, I, I think there's a good effort. It's just not something, if we take out restaurants, gastro pubs, places which are more food led, uh, then pubs and bars in the UK just haven't really done it in the past. And I still think they're learning, both in terms of uh, an organisation and the staff. There are a couple of comments there that I really resonated with. I think Kate was right, trying to catch the attention of the busy staff. Um, sitting there with an empty glass is literally the worst feeling. At least if you are going to the bar, you feel like you're in control. You're proactively going to get your beer and you have made a decision whereas you are waiting for someone to come to you at some indeterminable point and hoping you've caught their eye. Mm. Um, and the comment from Mark at Million Bears, the ideal place, and again, this won't suit every venue. Some venues won't be able to do a bit of a mix. The option of being able to go to the bar or have table service, I think would work for a lot of places, just not all one size won't fit all and also one size won't fit all punters um, for a variety of reasons. Um, have I been a massive fan of that scrum at the bar as, as you know, you've mentioned it and chicken dipper mentioned it. No, but you do get talking to people. Um, so it's horses for courses for a lot of these things. What I would say is that generally we're just not as good at it over here as we are on the continent. For example, I'm, I'm, I'm happy if there's options but for those places that do do it, I think they do need to do it a little bit better. Yeah, I'd I'd like to see some sort of hybrid, but I'm 
I'm, I'm along the same sort of thinking as you that the minute we don't have to do it, so many places will revert to not doing it. Yeah, because I've seen comments mentioned where people have said, I don't know how they make it work in Europe with the costs. I mean, you know, yes, we've got different duty and, and tax laws over here, so that probably doesn't help either. And every business has to take their own decision uh, about how they want to proceed. And that's what will happen ultimately. But I also think for a lot of people, it also depends what situation you're in your life, what your, your friends are like, what your ages are. There's so many different factors to take into account. So the ideal model for me is, like a lot of things, a hybrid model, but it's not going to work for everyone. Uh, again, time will tell on it and we'll, we'll see what happens on that one. Now, let's move on to uh, the second poll. So this one was asking, will online beer festivals continue to be successful as current restrictions start to lift? So we had 526 votes on this one. 29.5% of people said yes. 70.5% of people said no. So first up from David at DW Markham. Hard no the best aspects of beer festivals cannot be replicated online. That's not to knock the sterling work done by breweries and organisers over the last year to make the best of a bad situation, but nothing beats the real thing. From Richard Taylor at Rich Taylor 1608 I hope they continue to be successful as beer is about inclusion and not everyone can travel to and afford lots of festivals. You can't beat a real-life festival with actual people, but there is room for both options. It helps build a better beer community for us all. From Padraig Fox at Foxatronic82 and similar comments from Simon Clark, Homebrew Rich and your boy Rob Edwards. Festivals may be less so, it's about people as much as beer, but I do hope online product launches and some virtual events stay. A great way to attend something you'd never get to in real life and still feel part of, plus reach a bigger audience from a launch perspective. Andy Parker. I think we'll continue to see online events, but maybe fewer of them. No reason for them not to be as successful, though. It has more than proven itself as a viable option this past year, even for ad hoc things such as a tasting for launching a new beer. Simon at Barley Wine is Life. They won't disappear, but I don't feel there'll be as many online events when everything opens up. Nothing beats doing festivals in person. And finally, from Utopian Brewery at Team Utopian. Be good if we ended up with a hybrid. In-person events are obviously great, but having some form of online connection, which has been shown to work, will, I think, help make events more inclusive and accessible. Bigger total audiences can surely only be a good thing. It's a great comment there. And obviously, Utopian being one of the breweries that have really embraced the um, online launch in the last year, haven't they? Yeah, uh, I've got a few thoughts on this, actually. Um, I, I think online... Lots of online stuff is going to continue. Work, socialising, and part of that socialising will involve beer. And I think probably what you have to do is separate out here is a lot of people aren't as lucky as, say, you and I, Steve, to be invited to a beer launch. Um, so maybe what breweries also need to do, and say, uh, I think Brew York's been very good at that with their YouTube stuff and their tasting boxes, is make it, not just about launches to beer communicators. It's about including the really important people, the punters themselves, people who actually are buying the stuff. Um, and that's not, to, I mean, obviously, you know, Brew York, we're, we're 
spent quite a bit, <laughs> a bit of money over the last year or so there. Um, but I think there is a, a separation there as well. And I think festivals, I think the option of getting uh, a good selection box and then being able to share now and again with people online if the really is prohibitive for travel. That's the big thing sometimes with festivals, isn't it? It's that travel, getting to and from somewhere, maybe then staying over as well. Um, and also some people may not be that fussed about big crowds for a while, if, if again ever. Um, I think from our point of view, some of the online launches we've been able to attend, and Utopian is an excellent example, bearing in mind where they're based, has, has been really good to be able to connect with them and you know some of our peers as well. So I think there is there will still be stuff going on online because you can't get to all the places all of the time. But if we're specifically talking about beer festivals, then yeah, a beer festival is best in person, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think that I think the days of the online festival gathering are, are numbered, and I think I think we've seen that evidence itself in in our own opinions and friends, Summer Sesh, and you, you know, last summer, this time last year, those those sessions were selling out within days. You, you, you know, you couldn't, you had to be quick. This year we've had to cancel sessions, we've had to merge sessions. And and, and I think, you know, there's, there's don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, people are getting back to life, aren't they? They're, yeah. they're going out again, they're, they're enjoying being in the pub and being with people and they probably don't want to sit in front of a screen and drink beer um, with, with, with people. But I think, as as you say, probably just to to repeat what you've said there in terms of I think some of the the, the product launches, and 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 to echo what Utopian was saying there, it's, if if they can reach a bigger audience by doing a product launch online, then there's no reason why they can't continue to do that because Utopian have uh, have done it very successfully, and I, I think you make a very good point that we've been quite lucky to be invited to those sessions as as podcasters. And I think maybe the next step for breweries would be to start thinking about actually inviting some of their customers to, to those launches. I, I know why we get invited because we then talk about it and that encourages people to buy their yeah. beer. Um, and, you know, you multiply that by everybody else that's on those calls doing the same thing, but it would be good for them to do that sort of thing for some of their customers as well. Well, maybe that, um, you know, I know that it hasn't been so applicable this time, but we did have that, idea about the golden ticket thing and you know i noticed that brew york have like this 10 percent off at the tap room for their home deliveries as part of the box there's a token on there to use then you know perhaps every now and again as brewers send stuff out if they're planning another online launch perhaps there's a golden ticket appears in that box that you've actually ordered which allows you into the next online yeah. launch as a customer um you know, I think there are still things that people can do. I think they can take it to another level. We're only really one year into all of this tech being used in this way for, for beer, for inclusion, for socialising. I think people will carry on innovating as well because, like I said, we can't get to everywhere all of the time. And from a brewery point of view, yes, great to have an on, uh, a real-life launch, but then where do you go? You go, right, okay, we're going to do London. Or we do London and Manchester, London, Manchester and Glasgow or Edinburgh. That's three places where you're putting people up, mm. people have to travel to. Essentially, 
Zoom is free, all right? You pay uh, uh, an annual fee or a monthly fee if you want to have the, the ability to do a few extra bits like we do. And then it's just sending beers out and making sure people are free. So again, it's almost ended up in the same place as the first one. I think you end up with a bit of a hybrid situation, but I think I would have to agree in-person beer festivals are better than online beer festivals. Yeah, for, 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 for sure, because it just it just encourages discussion, doesn't it? It's, it's, it's very difficult to have a discussion on a Zoom call that's also got 20, 30, 40 other people on it. Yes, and also, who hasn't, especially the, a new beer festival, that first time when you wander around the hall, you know, Indie Man, the first time, that can't be replicated on Zoom. No. I mean, how, you know, how, how do I get that fish mosaic picture without being there? Or one of the big camera festivals where there's just literally barrel after barrel, cask after cask, where you just look up and down the line. You can't really get that same thing from having a box delivered and having those six or 12 beers, depending on what sort of case you've gone for. So... I think the tech is still going to be used by the beer industry, just maybe not for beer festivals. And the final poll of this trio of polls is um, quite simply, have you had a pint of cask beer yet? Uh, 488 votes, 56.6% of people said yes, 43.4% of people said no. Um, No real specific comments on this one because all of the comments basically split into two camps. And and, and that was... (laughs) One being yes, and it was absolutely glorious, and the other one being a no because it's either too cold, too soon, or too busy for me. Um, but what we did get was loads of, of wonderful pictures of, of some glorious cask beers. And our, what, what we've done is we've put them all into uh, a Twitter moment, which is like a it's, it's a thing that you can view on Twitter that shows all of the tweets that were relevant to a particular thing that you asked. Uh, there's a link in the show notes if, if you want to have a click through and, and, and have a look at that moment and have a look at all, all the wonderful uh, beers that people posted. And uh, like I did, I, my mouth was watering at, at some of the pictures of, of some of those pints of car scale. Definitely. Definitely. It was, it, it was nice to see the pictures, uh, but equally I could completely understand the no camp as well. It wasn't a it wasn't a divisive poll. It was it was what people could do and couldn't do and what they wanted to do and what they you know they felt was comfortable. So yeah, look at the pictures. Uh, but if you can't go, maybe don't look at the pictures. Actually, yeah, oh, no, don't don't torture yourself like that. No, no. Obviously, what we've gone through tonight is is just a snapshot of some of the comments that we had on 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 all of those polls, and we are always grateful uh, for you, our listeners, getting involved every Sunday night and and having comments on the polls that we put out. Uh, we can't include all of the comments um, as much as we'd like to, but there are links in the show notes to all three of those polls, so you can click through and and you can have a, a read at some of the comments that were made, and you can continue to get involved. Use the hashtag opinions, and you may very well find yourself in this next part of the show let us know write it down let us know write it down let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness write it down from guzzler at lagging underscore boat you guys really are spoiling us first ken grossman now jamil as a listener of american homebrew podcast jamil is an absolutely legendary figure such wonderful insight and what a lovely down-to-earth humble humble gentleman top work fellas from james at gammon baron when I thought you guys had peaked with Ken Grossman, you come along with Melissa Cole, followed by this. 2021 is a vintage opinions year already. James also went on to say that Steve was right 
about a brand new badge. As for what I would choose, it's either a white rose badge for Yorkshire breweries, only dispensed from cask, or a 7,500 unique beer badge between epic and extraordinary. Um, I apologise, James, for my misunderstanding of your untapped badge question. Um, well done, Steve, on uh, understanding English way better than I did. And uh, the fact that James went for a white rose badge for Yorkshire breweries is not the biggest shock of the world, is it? Absolutely not, no. But I do agree with him as well that there needs to be that stepping stone between uh, the 5,000 and, and the 10,000 badge. Yeah. Yes. They give out the badges very lightly on the run up to like 2,500 and then sort of stop. And then you've really got to work for that 10,000, haven't you? Yes, and that is harder. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Completely agree with you, James. Thank you very much. From Johnny Beerboy at Johnny Beerboy, lovely episode, mates. Really enjoyed the discussion on the untapped journey, which is definitely something I can relate to. Like Steve, I too have to edit old check-ins before I died of cringe. We can and we will do it, Martin. We are inevitable. And then the other side of that argument from Mark Johnson, enjoyable listen team, don't agree with Steve's rewriting of untapped history. It all forms part of the journey. My shame is a 0.5 rating of Harvey's Impy Stout in 2012, as I mistook the Brett character for an off flavour. It will remain as a monument as to how far I've come. Now, I do feel as I just need to justify some of the comments <laughs> from, 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 from the last show. And it's, it's maybe not a case of, of, of completely completely re-editing what I've said. It's just the case of if I've been a dick, removing those dick comments. So, you, you know, when when we've all had a beer and we've gone on, on untapped and we've been a bit nasty about the beer, if, if I see one of those, I, I do tend to go in and delete that. But I, I, I certainly don't change ratings um, because you can do that. If, if you're checking in a beer now from what you had eight years ago and you changed your mind about it you can change your rating on on your own score for your now check-in and it will then average out your score for that beer but but certainly if if my wording embarrasses me um then yeah i, I will change the wording and, and and i will stand by the the fact that i've got every right to do that from simon dewhurst at simo sloth Great episode as ever, guys. Always fought when you go down the untapped rabbit hole and overall, I agree with most of your thoughts. Just managed to snaffle one of the two brew boxes for summer sesh. Ian Hay at II Hay. Excellent episode. Those of us worried about Stephen Martin going it alone after the success of the Ked and Jamil shows had nothing to fear. It was lovely to hear them back in their element. From Sophie at Sobeer Blogger, looking forward to the summer sesh. It's my birthday on Sunday and I can't decide which sessions to sign up for as I'm not sure what plans we can make, but I can't wait to raise a glass with you all. And then from Pete on Hops and Hoops, uh, nail on the head re-untapped, businesses making buying decisions based on scores is a problem. From Rob L at Kaisen Your Forest, thanks for a great episode this week. I'd abandoned Untapped, but after listening, I've been inspired to start using it again. And from Simon Webster at Bees Boy. Excellent show, guys. Really enjoyed your discussion around Untapped and your answer to my point. Makes more sense now. From Josh at Witcher 77, caught up with the last couple of episodes on the way to Cornwall this week. After all the mentions of cast beer, my pints of tribute and then proper job went down very well. And, and I think Josh had one of those pictures that literally makes your mouth water. 
uh, attached yes. to that comment as, as well. Yes. <laughs> and then from Simon at Barley Wine is Life. Hello, gents. Great last few pods with some interesting and illustrious guests. Just listening to number 146. And much like you guys, I use Untapped as a record of my beer journey. Everything checked in and all get rated, even if I'm not keen. Cheers. Uh, from Wim Fandangle at Wim Fandangle. If you and others are using Untapped just as a personal record, record, i.e. just for you, why link Untapped with your social media profile and have what you're drinking promoted? It seems this feed feature is contrary to what you claim to use it for. Okay, so should we answer that? I think it's only fair. Um, my, my simple answer is I'm sharing rather than promoting. And in much the same way as I do at work, I hate having to retype data. Why would you bother? Um, so linking it from untapped uh, in much the same way as people can put photographs on uh, Instagram and link it to Facebook and not have to rewrite the whole post again, in my head makes perfect sense. So I see it as a share rather than a promotion. Uh, I actually agree with what you've said there. Uh, possibly the, the only thing I would add to that as well is that that from my point of view, with, with my check-ins pushing through to the Beer O'Clock Show Twitter feed, um, I actually see it as a conversation starter as, as well sometimes that we then actually use to sometimes inform content that comes into the show as, as well, particularly around certain beers. Um, I don't see it as promoting. I, I do see it as, as, as sharing. Um, and again, it's kind of that whole, that just for me thing. Yes, my untapped is just for me. Uh, if I choose to share it with people, then that's my choice to do that. Essentially, Twitter is just for me. I could be shouting into the void if no one replied. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, I've, I've had some really interesting conversations with people having seen what they've uh, shared on Twitter. And that's not just beer. And, and I think, you know, like it, like it or not, um we do get sent beers by breweries and uh we can't feature everything that we're sent on the show as much as we'd love to uh we we just don't have the regularity of shows to be able to to, to, to feature all of the samples that we're sent so for from that point of view it's it's also kind of a a little thank you to that brewery that we've, we've drunk their beer and this is what we thought of it and we're actually going to push that through to untapped so others can see it Yep, and again, I've got no problem with that. I, again, I know some people may see it as influencing and promotion. Um, I've always taken the view that we're sharing our thoughts and our honest opinions about it. No different to when we do it on the show. But I, I, I always appreciate the questions, Rob. So keep them coming, mate. Right, here's a, here's a big one. So from Craig Henderson at the MCR. I, I never know how to say this one. Smoggy. Smoggy. I, I would go. I would. I would say that's the MCR Smoggy. Manchester Smoggy. Yeah. Via DM. Just wanted to say I've been really, really enjoying the podcast lately. It's always great, but the last few episodes with Ol, Ken, Melissa, and Andy have been some of the best I've listened to. I've just finished the latest show with Andy, and listening to him, it's easy to see why he's referred to as the nicest man in beer. I was lucky to get a bottle of Lord Nelson at an event a couple of years ago when I was just starting out my beer journey. It turned out that Andy had forgotten to drop his beers off at the venue, so put them in an Uber to make sure they got there in time. I've loved Elusive ever since, and even though I live in the Northwest, they were the first brewery I ordered direct from in lockdown last year. 
I also thought Andy's comments on the ship of Theseus question nailed it for me. As the saying goes, change is the only constant. So evolution in the same beer, but revolution is a different beer. Keep up the great work and good luck with finding better guests than those you've had on the show lately. Thank you for that, Craig. Um, it, it's really nice that you took the time to, 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 to feedback on, on, on that. We have, um, we've been very lucky so far this year to, to have had some, um, some truly amazing guests on, on, on the show. And uh, we will just always try and we'll, we'll try and bring you the guests that we think you want to listen to um occasionally some of those are people that we want to talk to as well <laughs> <laughs> but we we do always kind of when when we're thinking about which guests to feature uh or when people approach us to be a guest on the show we we do um it, it's not always a straight yes is it martin we, we, sometimes we will have a discussion about whether we feel that that guest is right for the show or not yeah you know sometimes it's, it's the guest right for the show um are the beers that we're going to share with them and drink along are they going to be accessible in any any which way so we do we do think about it we do talk about it and if need be we'll have a direct conversation with uh the the, the person who wants to come on the show to see if we're all on the same page and you know we have been very lucky this year um it has been a bit of a stellar lineup uh, and we do consider ourselves fortunate and hopefully the ones that we've got on one of Steve's many spreadsheets coming up, um, you'll also enjoy. Um, we certainly do. You know, the best bit for us is just sit, sitting back, drinking a beer and listening. Yeah. And what we, we learn so much as, as well from these people. Um, and, you know, that's, that's always great when you can enjoy what you're doing, but learn a little bit as well. And some of it we remember. Yeah. Just some <laughs> of it. <laughs> Uh, from Ronnie at Ronnie Bean, uh, enjoyed the show, lads, went straight home and fact-checked Stato Steve's figures <laughs> about untapped users and the world population. Now, it would appear I was a bit keen to um, declare that 1% of the world's population use untapped. I, 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 I was looking at that, wondering if that was right. Uh, and I should have helped out my co-host there. So this is a joint responsibility. And I think Steve's going to share with us the corrections. I, I am. I am. Because we, we have actually got a couple of corrections um, that have been pointed out to us. Um, so, so the first one is on that figure it, itself. It's not 1% of the world's population. It's... Um, 0.117 and then a whole load of numbers after that i'm i'm just going to round up to the nearest one um as michael from at bring on the beer pointed out to us uh, and that was according to 2019 estimates so it's uh yeah it's 0.1 percent basically not not the one percent that <laughs> i very excitedly announced on, on on the last show uh the other correction um goes back to when we was talking uh i think it was on the show with andy and the ship of theseus show uh about broadside and and the difference in abvs between the broadside so sean o'reilly uh and crulia got in touch and said um that we said the locals were getting too pissed on the stronger version of the cask. Actually, the cask version has always been the same strength it is now. The bottled version was the original. The cask version came about because bottle sales were decreasing across the whole range, but it was felt that it wouldn't sell in cask at that strength. So, um, uh, again, us uh, mixing up our stories, I, I think, that we may have heard in the past from Fergus. I definitely had that in my head, so maybe it's 
not quite an urban myth if we're talking about mid Suffolk, <laughs> but definitely uh, maybe a myth that we've mixed up some of the messaging on that one. Yeah, but I will, I will just say as as well, um, folks, if, if if there is anything that we ever state that you believe is factually incorrect, please pull us up on it, because otherwise we'll just go on believing that everything <laughs> that we say is true. And probably repeat it again. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so thanks to Michael and Sean for, for, for providing us with, with that information, and also to Ronnie as, as well for instantly running home and checking that <laughs> my, my figures were, were, were wrong. Uh, while we've been going through that, uh, I've almost finished my Red Noir. Uh, however, I have noticed that your uh, Keller beer has gone, mate. Yep. Uh, beer evaporation has, has returned with a vengeance tonight. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, that the, 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 the balance between that bit of breadiness and the, and the lemony aroma and the flavour was just so well put together. And that clean and soft prof- water profile just made it superbly easy to drink. That was really, really delicious. I'll get hold of that again. Yeah, I, I did really enjoy that one. And again, it's it's one that on a on a hot day just works really well to quench thirst. Yeah, I mean that would be referencing your bike ride earlier, Steve. That wouldn't be a bad one at the end of that. Oh, that would have been spot on. Yeah. Um, in terms of the red noir, the red noir, uh, I still think I had it too cold. I mean, it's 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 a delicious beer. It's it's really really tasty. There's loads going on in there in there, but I just don't think it was all coming through for for me. And luckily, I've got another couple of cans in 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 the cupboard, and I, I think I will be removing those from the fridge for uh, a few minutes before I try those ones, so I can really um, really get all of the complex flavours that were going on in that. Yeah, I think that's an excellent idea because I think you you will get more from it. I think it's a really well executed red ale. Let's now move on to the final beer that we're going to drink this evening. This is once again from Yellow Belly. This is Unto the Breach, and we're both drinking this one this time, aren't we? So this is the one that we're we're, we're sharing. Uh, this is a pineapple dipper coming in at seven percent, and I'm going to say I'm a little bit worried about this one. Um, pineapple isn't one of my favourite flavours. I would say, as a dipper, though, it's not hazy okay. or juicy looking. I was not expecting that. Okay, so we have got clarity. We've got a very nice uh, thick head on it. I haven't smelt it yet. Should we get in? Yeah, I mean, I'm not getting any pineapple on the nose. I've got to say. Cheers. Cheers. Now on the nose, I was getting a bit of a creamy, almost a pineapple chew aroma. Um, and I feel like that's the same in the glass as well. Almost like um, pineapple cubes from sweets of days gone by. I mean, I've very rarely bought pineapple cubes. I was definitely a cola cube fan. But um, the, it feels like a, not an artificial but it feels like a very sweet version of pineapple. There, there is a sweetness to, to, to the finish. It's that there is quite a bitterness on, on, on that finish that seems to be almost elevated by that sweetness. The, the, the sweetness is affecting the bit of finish somehow. I'm um, not quite getting the bit of finish yet. I think the sweetness is overriding it and the 
pineapple flavored chew, pineapple flavor sweetening allergy is really the main factor for me at the moment. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm going to be not honest. Initially, a 440 mil can in one sitting is going to be a struggle. It's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, that's... This, We've said similar things about uh, pink grapefruit halcyon. Um, there are certain beers where the there is too much fruit for that style with that ABV in a 440 or plus. Yeah. I, I, I've got to say, though, I am surprised at what it looks like because I, I was expecting an absolute juicy, orange juice-looking, thick, hazy dipper. And so was I. Uh, what what and, we've got is this, this 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 clear beer. I, I don't yeah. I don't understand what is it. I'm getting the dryness now. By the way, that is actually yeah. helping to offset some of the sweetness. Rather, so it's more dryness than bitterness for me. I'm not exactly. I don't know if I could fall in love with this one compared to the others. But again, if you're producing these other type of beers like your IPAs, your session IPAs, then at some point a dipper probably does land. I would probably rather have had an amped up version of the Citra APA. Yeah, give, give me a double Citra or, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, rather than upping your ABV, then throwing a load of pineapple at it as well. Yeah. Now, that's a personal preference. I think some people will love this. If they like pineapple, I think they really go for it. I, I think I'm right in saying that the, the, the previous four beers that between us we've drunk are all part of their core range. I believe this one is one of their their, their seasonal specials that, that that they do. So this this one isn't always available. Oh, fair enough. Okay, I mean that that probably makes sense. I mean, it has got a similar profile to the other beers mm-hmm. uh, with, with with that mouthfeel, the very soft. It's it is despite the prevalence of the pineapple, I still think it's actually very well rounded, um, but it just isn't necessarily for me. Yeah, and I, I, I'd agree, actually. I mean, I was sceptical before I even opened the can because of the word pineapple. Um, like I say, it's, it's not one of my... Even though it is very much within the beige spectrum that I enjoyed spending most of my life of flavours in, um, it's not uh, it's not a flavour that I've ever really been a fan of, pineapple. No, same here. I've got, it's probably fair to say, a wider spectrum of flavours that I like, Steve, and foodstuffs. And pineapple isn't one for me generally either. Uh, no particular reason, just not my favourite. Yeah, but we'll we'll, con- we'll continue drinking this because we do have uh, one question this week. Questions, questions fill my head. And that is from Wim Fandangle. Uh, again, this man does love asking a question. He does. Um, so the question that he asked is: Would you rather hear an interview, go on a virtual event, or meet the brewer with the brewer's or owners or someone else from the brewery, such as someone employed specifically to market their beer? I've met some wonderfully nice, very well-informed people who are employed specifically to market the beer. And, you know, we've, we've had them on the show in the past years. My preference always, always, always is the brewer or the owner. You know, that whole uh, journey, backstory, I suppose, you know, Ken is an ex- Ken would be the example of that one. It was like brewer, owner, founder, creator, still wet it, maker, builder. 
those those kind of stories which you can hear from those kind of people yeah yeah i'm not sure whether it's it, it's just when it comes down to who we're talking to i mean certainly from my point of view if i'm listening to another podcast or or i'm on an online event i'd much rather be listening to or hearing from the owner or the head brewer like you say someone that's got that story and and i think the the, the ken example is a great one i think if sierra nevada had came back to us and said oh, ken's not available but we can we can put on our marketing manager our social media manager i actually think i would have gone back and said no because that wasn't what we were looking for what what we were looking for was we, we wanted to have a chat with the guy that founded this brewery and that is why sometimes we haven't ended up with maybe uh, certain places being represented on the show because that's what we've been offered and you are right uh, i did answer half of the question i still enjoy listening to other people's podcasts and interviews and i think also you always get a sense when you're listening to other podcasters talking to you know uh, for example when uh, beers without frontiers had had andy on themselves everyone's upped everyone's really enjoying it i think it comes across even though it's audio the passion of the listener whether that be the podcaster listening to the person they're interviewing or us as listeners, everyone hears it, everyone feels it. So that's definitely where we try to go to. Yeah, and I think I think it comes back to what we were saying earlier about how we go about almost selecting the guests to come on, on, on the show. Um, they've got to be the right fit for, for what we do. And actually, you know, Rob, what do you prefer? And and anyone else, whether what what's your preference? Yeah, so, yeah. Let us know. Because let us know. We'll use that to inform some of the decision making that 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 goes into who who we bring onto the show. We, we always try to think about you, our listeners, in in terms of the guests that we bring onto the show, and and whether they're going to be someone that you want to hear from, be, because we do always try to include you, our listeners, in everything we do. If there are suggestions that you'd like to make as people you'd like to hear on the show let us know you can dm us you can tweet us directly or just use the hashtag opinions let us know who you want to appear as, as a guest we're not promising that that we'll be able to get them but we'll we'll do our best to to to, to bring you what you want to hear but if you want it to be a surprise make sure it's a dm yes don't don't let everyone know just just dm yeah. us and, and just and we'll dm us can do yeah. yeah, let us know what you what sort of thing you like to listen to. Um, so actually, really, I really enjoyed that question, Rob. Thank you very much. Yeah, was, that, that, that was a good one. And if you do have a question, use the hashtag opinions and you can continue to get involved in what we're doing. Uh, we are going to continue drinking this pineapple dipper, probably off air. Many thanks to Danny at Yellow Belly for getting in touch and um, offering to, to send us these beers to feature on the show. We have really enjoyed them. We've really enjoyed all of them. And, and as I say, there is a link in the show notes to Yellow Belly's website where you can now get their beers in the UK and there is free delivery for the next couple of weeks as well. So if you want to give them a go, uh, if you want to make your own opinions on the beers that we've tried this evening, then by all means, you've got an opportunity to do so there. Martin, what have we got coming up on the next show? Well, speaking of guests, we have uh, Combi from Round Corner Brewing. And we're going to look at how important a tap room is to breweries' overall business plans, especially in 2021 and beyond. And uh, anyone who's heard uh, Combi speak before 
will know that he's probably going to have a fair fair amount of views to share on the topic. Yep. Now, I am very excited, actually, about doing this poll because there's a lot of nostalgia attached to it as well because um, the question that we're going to be asking to feature on this show is actually going to be a repeat of the very first what was then called Hop Topic poll that we ever run as the Beer O'Clock show and, and featured on a show and that was back in I believe it's 2015 so it's kind of six years on from the first time that we did this poll but it was the first ever poll that we did and I love a bit of nostalgia so so that's that's giving me all the tingly feels that we're, we're, we're going to be able to go back and revisit that one. Yeah and we've had a look at a few of the people who've commented uh, back in 2015 as well and um, some of you were listeners then and your listeners now and it'd be wonderful if we could hear from you again. Yes, yeah. Well, ironically, mate, the, the first comment on that poll was you. <laughs> you. You was the first person that replied to it, as back then you were a listener. Yes, and uh, perhaps we'll share that on the uh, the next show. See what I said then versus what I say now. I think we should. I think I think we'll measure them up against each other. But yeah, very much looking forward to that. Um, very much looking forward to chatting to Combi and trying some beers from Round Corner. I'm not sure there's much else to say this week, mate. I think we're pretty much done with it. Uh, thanks to our listeners for uh, indulging us this evening and letting us go through three polls and sharing our views on those. And if you are going out and enjoying some beer, um, make sure you're doing it safely, folks. And until next time, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.